Welcome to this week's episode of Lash Biz Babes, the podcast for solo beauty business owners who want to build a full clientele and create a business and life that they truly love. My name is Erica. I'm your host. I'm a lash artist turned beauty business coach and lash educator. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking all things taxes. This time of year, as we're wrapping up the end of the year, can either be a time where you're looking ahead at that and getting prepared for it, or you are stressing out and not sure what you need to do for it. So (laughs) I've brought on a special guest, Michelle Cook. She's a certified public accountant. She runs a team that specializes specifically in beauty business owner taxes and bookkeeping. So you may have seen her on Instagram or TikTok as small business CPA. She shares so much amazing knowledge and she's such a great resource for taxes in our industry. So I'm super excited that she was able to come on and share some guidance, some tips and tricks for us, um, how to cut down like the overwhelm that tax time can bring and really just giving you some tips, tricks and guidance on getting organized with taxes as we are heading into tax season soon. So let's go ahead and jump on into it. Welcome to Lashless Babes. I'm super excited to have you on because we get tax questions all the time. (laughs) Um, So I would love for you to introduce yourself and what you do and a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. Thanks so much for having me on. I love it. So my name is Michelle Cook. I am a licensed CPA. And I specifically work with beauty professionals. Um, The reason why is because I went to beauty school when I was in high school. Uh, So I graduated, was super excited to do hair, but then I felt super overwhelmed just by the financial side of things, knowing that I would have to pay booth rent because I didn't even know that I could be an employee somewhere. And I was just like, how am I going to afford to do that? Um, and I was so overwhelmed by that possibility that I said, I'm just going to go to college. (laughs) And so I ended up in school for business and then ended up changing over to accounting and just kind of did a full circle. I went and did a lot of other types of public accounting experience. And then eventually I went out on my own and beauty professionals were just the perfect fit for me. I love that kind of like went full circle for you. (laughs) Totally. Well, and it's nice now because I think when people come to us, like it's not just me now, I have a a team of accountants that I've Mm -hmm. trained to work with beauty professionals specifically. Um, But they know when they come to us that we come from a place of like non-judgment, like knowing that I know exactly what it's like to graduate and to really know nothing. And so I think people feel really embarrassed that they feel like they should know. And there's really no shame in that because it's not like they teach you in beauty school. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that kind of leads into one of our next questions is that, you know, like a lot of the listeners on and just solo beauty business owners in general are first time business owners and they really just don't know. And the financial side of things, the tax side of things can be pretty overwhelming. Um, so can you give us any like guidance for the getting started with that or like tips that you can give for getting organized? Because I know for me too, I had the same experience where it was kind of like, what do I do with all this? I got kind of lucky because our, we have really good friends and, um, he's an accountant. The husband is an accountant. So he does all of our stuff for us. 
and I can text them whenever I have a question on anything. So I feel fortunate in that, but not everyone has that. So can you give us some guidance on things? Yeah, totally. I think the first thing that I would say as a a new first time business owner is sometimes you don't set things up correctly because maybe you don't believe in yourself completely. And I think I hear that a lot where they're like, oh, this is just like a little side hustle or this is, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so then they don't set up the LLC. They keep it kind of informal, if you will, because, because they're not really sure of how big it can grow. And I would just recommend just get things set up the right way from the beginning. Even if you don't believe you're going to be this huge business, that's okay. Because when you set up things correctly from the beginning, it makes your life so much easier down the road when you are busy and you really don't have time to be messing around with all of the setup stuff. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think part of that kind of plays into like, you're taking your business more seriously from the start, which can help you get like more long-term results as well. Yeah. The mistake that I see a lot of beauty professionals make is they'll just kind of start out as a sole proprietorship and they say, well, I'll form an LLC later. Well, what happens is eventually when your business grows large enough, in most states within the country, you're going to want to eventually become an S corporation. Mm-hmm. And you cannot do that unless your business has the LLC. So when you get to that point, you're going to save a ton of money in taxes making that switch. But what will happen is I'll see beauty professionals who are, you know, making really good money. They're ready to switch over to the S corporation. And then I find out that they're a sole proprietorship. And so we can't do any of those tax savings on the sole proprietorship profits. <laughs> it's just kind of like, all right, well, we'll form the LLC now and everything moving forward we can do, but we can't go back and capture anything from earlier in the year. And I've seen that be like a five figure <laughs> mistake for oh, some beauty wow. professionals. So definitely good idea. Just get everything established um, right from the beginning, because then it all just flows a lot easier and you're going to eventually have to do it anyways. So why not do it from the start? Yeah, I love that. So do you generally recommend like LLC then versus a sole proprietorship or does it kind of depend based on the business? So I, I don't see any reason to not form an LLC from the beginning of a business. I know there are some accountants that might say, oh, you need a certain amount. Um, but it doesn't, that doesn't really make sense because from a tax perspective, there is zero difference between having an LLC and a sole proprietorship. The only difference is, is that the LLC can then make an S corporation election in the future, but a sole proprietorship cannot. And so if it so happens that you're ready to make that election, then you have to form the LLC at that time. But here's the kicker. And this is where everyone's like, oh my goodness, what did I do? (laughs) Is your business gets a tax ID number. It's called an EIN. um, And it's basically like a social security number for your business. Everything gets tied to that. Your bank account, your merchant processor. So whatever like point of sale software you're using to check people out, your sales tax ID. So a lot of things get tied to that tax ID number. 
And so then when you go set up the LLC in the future, you have to redo all of your bank accounts, your sales tax ID, uh, get everything updated with your point of sale system. So it's just so a huge things. hassle that could be yeah. totally avoided. That definitely makes sense. And that's a question I get a lot too, people asking me and I'm like, well, I'm not a tax professional and I'm not a lawyer, so I can't tell you like what to do. I could tell you what I did. So I love getting that kind of guidance more so from someone who has so much more experience I'm like oh wow this is I'm learning so much already <laughs> <laughs> kind of moving into our next question are uh, you know we're finishing out the year and taxes are going to be due soon so what can beauty business owners be doing to be ready for that and not scrambling last minute because that I feel like come like January February ish you get in like the Facebook groups and everyone's like what do I do need to be doing I have no idea I even saw someone post a question today like taxes what am I supposed to do <laughs> so is there any guidance you can give us there with just maybe some easy ways just to start doing that process now instead of last minute yeah absolutely so I think this question almost plays into the last question. So I would say the next thing after you get your LLC all set up, it would be to get a proper bookkeeping system in place. And that's what I would say to this question, because I know bookkeeping is not the most sexy answer and you hear it and you're like, oh, dang it. <laughs> that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. But I think what beauty professionals don't realize is that bookkeeping and taxes are actually two totally separate accounting services. And so what will happen, especially if you're a first timer, you'll go in to do your taxes and then the tax professional is going to ask you like, well, give me your profit and loss. And that's where you have like a blank stare because you don't know what that is or how to create it. Uh, right. The short answer is that you create it by doing your bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is simply the process of organizing all of your expenses by a category. And when you go through that process, at the end of it, the end creation is a profit and loss statement, which ultimately shows you how much sales you had and how much expenses you had broken out by separate categories. That profit and loss is then what gets used to prepare your tax return. And so that's why if you don't have a solid profit and loss, as in like, if there are errors on your profit and loss, then there are going to be errors on your tax return because your taxpayer is not going to know. They just take your numbers at your word, throw them on the tax return. So that's why you want to make sure that you have a good bookkeeping system in place so that your numbers are tight and ready to go for January. Totally. That makes sense. Is there any specific one you recommend? I feel like I remember seeing a post of yours on Instagram that was talking about like I don't maybe like the difference between a couple different ones. Um, anyway, is there a specific system that you usually recommend for your clients at all? Absolutely. So I would say 90% of beauty professionals are going to be good using QuickBooks simple start version. Um, okay. That's probably what you were referring yeah, I to. I think it was that... like the self-employed version was what you were talking about. Exactly. Yeah. So the self-employed version is kind of a dumbed down version of QuickBooks and it doesn't have all of the proper features. Um, the biggest issue being that you cannot do what's called a reconciliation. Basically what that means um, in normal people talk is <laughs> <Yeah>. there, <laughs> there are no transactions that are duplicated. 
or missing, you can track that when you do a reconciliation. But since okay. self-employed doesn't allow you to do that, there's actually no way for you to verify that you're not missing any transactions or um, that maybe you don't have duplication somewhere. And I can actually say from personal experience, um, we don't, all of our clients, we do our bookkeeping for our clients. So they all mm -hmm. use QuickBooks online, but sometimes clients will come to us with their prior bookkeeping and we'll utilize that in the preparation of their tax return. Every single person this last year who came to me with QuickBooks self-employed, their numbers were wrong. Oh, <laughs> so it's like, that's why I don't like that program is because people think that they're getting organized and they think they're doing a good job because yeah. they're doing their best and they don't realize there are things going on in the background, kind of out of their control and it's, the numbers are wrong. And so that's unfortunate to spend all of that time and then not actually get the good product to be able to give to your tax accountant. Yeah, definitely. Well, and especially when it comes to something that's so important, because if you get audited and those numbers are wrong, then it's kind of like even a bigger headache than if you just would have been switched over when you had the chance, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Another big question I get is I asked on Instagram, like, okay, what questions do you guys have? And one thing that got brought up was about write-offs. So I get this question a lot and I see this question asked in beauty groups a lot. Do our own beauty services that we get done on ourselves count? So for example, you know, if we are lash artists and we get our own lashes done, some beauty professionals would consider that like marketing uh, because it is a way for them to like bring it up in conversation and like have people ask them about it um, or like getting their nails done and having those done and like pictures and things for marketing would that actually count as a write-off because I feel like I mean I've asked my own account on this before and have been told no but I've seen other people get told yes so let's hear it from the person that specializes in and see what oh man wouldn't that be so nice <laughs> <laughs> um I will say that the general rule with any kind of write-off is it has to overcome two items. One is that it has to be an ordinary expense. And what that means is that basically, if you look around within the industry, like everyone is taking that as a business expense. So um, something that would easily be considered a business expense would be like the lashes that you're using on a client, the glue, all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, of course I'm a lash artist. That's an ordinary yeah. expense that I'm going to have in my business. The other hurdle that we have to overcome is, is, is it necessary? Yes. It, uh, you know, to have the lashes and the glue to work on your clients, a 100% necessary. So then it comes to, is it actually marketing? That's, not really something that's ever been held up. I know I hear it all the time. And you know, it's funny because some people will say, well, my tax person told me I could. And I'm like, oh, that's right. interesting. I'd love to hear from your tax person <laughs> why they think that. Because <laughs> it's really not what the IRS code says. And they really specifically cover things like clothing, mm -hmm. um, anything like that. Well, clothing is actually a little bit different. If it has a logo on it, then that mm -hmm. actually is a deductible expense because um, that is clearly marketing your business. Right. Any kind of normal clothes is not. But let's, as a general rule, no, it's not going to be deductible. Okay. There are some minor, minor exceptions. And so one of those would be, let's say you're having 
a brand photo shoot and you go to like get your hair done for that photo shoot. Well, or if you get your makeup done for that photo shoot, that one time event, okay, yeah, that's deductible because you're using all of those photos on your website through social media. That is clearly a one-time event that is for marketing, but then to like be getting your nails done every week or to be getting your lashes done, you know, mm-hmm. however often you're needing a fill, that's different because it's a recurring thing. That's just really part of your lifestyle that you likely would be doing whether or not you were a lash artist. Perfect. I think that answers the question so well, because I, I, I've, that's been a controversial one that I've seen. So I was like, that's a good question to ask you. <laughs> and I do, I would just point out, cause I know people get frustrated like that and they're like, well, my account told me I could. Okay. Um, just consider the cost of what an audit would be regardless of the energy and the fear and the time that it would take to get through one. If you're going to pay an accountant to help you through an audit, you could easily pay five to $10,000 to get through that process. So when you look at something like a deduction for doing your own lashes, like maybe it's like a thousand dollar deduction, which might give you a tax benefit of like $200. So we want to go and like write everything off, but the end benefit, if it's only $200, why would we take the risk for a like $10,000 expense that could happen if we get audited? So that's why I also try to like put things into perspective where you might be disappointed it's not deductible, but at the end of the day, it really wouldn't actually save you that much anyways. That totally makes sense. And I love that perspective because I think most, I mean, even myself didn't even realize that it could get that expensive with an audit too. So good thing to point out. <laughs> um, and so just with write-offs in general as well, is there anything specific that you recommend? Like some people are asking like, what do, what do I actually like turn into my tax accountant do you guys like go through and decide what counts and what doesn't count or how does that process work just to help us like understand that a little better I know with my account I basically just send them everything and they're they just pick out what what they can actually counts and what doesn't but like is there a best way to go about that process yeah so in general most business expenses are going to count and the way you might ask that question is, would I be buying this if I didn't have a business? Um, You're probably not going to buy, you know, like a salon chair (laughs) if you're not in business, that kind of thing. I'm not going to pay rent at my location if I wasn't in business. So that's a, a good threshold to kind of make that judgment call. As far as what isn't, isn't deductible, I kind of went over that ordinary and necessary threshold that we have to get over. But the biggest thing is use a separate bank account to track anytime you're making those purchases. That is going to save you so much time when you're going through trying to figure out what was business and personal. Because if you feel like something is truly a business expense, then use your business card. And then if you want to like chat with your accountant or your bookkeeper about it, that's great. If it's ends up not being something that's deductible, then, you know, we might classify as an owner draw instead. But if you combine business and personal and everything into one account, it becomes a nightmare at the end of the year, tracking everything. And I, I think that's why most people get so nervous about doing their taxes is because they've been doing that all year. 
and they know the amount of time it's going to take them to sort through everything. And they're just like, I don't want to do this. Um, so getting that separation is what's going to help you to kind of keep track and know what was my, what were my business expenses? What weren't most expenses are going to just be like stuff you've bought. So that's why it's easy to just look at the bank statements from your business account and just see what you've bought. But there are some things like a home office deduction or maybe mileage on your car that aren't going to show up on your bank statement, but those can still be deductible on the return. So I would make sure to let your accountant know what kind of mileage you were driving uh, for business purposes. And if you have a home office space, sometimes beauty professionals don't realize that they can deduct that because if they have a separate salon space where they're actually working on clients, they kind of think that's the only thing they can deduct. But if you're at home doing like social media marketing or ordering inventory, maybe you're doing your own bookkeeping, then that's definitely a a space that's deductible within your home. So you'd want to make sure to get your accountant any kind of square footage um, and just, you know, utility rent kind of expenses that go with the home and then they can deduct that on the return. Interesting. I love that because I think it's those, some of those write-offs we don't realize we can. So I, that's why I'm always like telling people get a CPA. I'm I, That's literally what I tell everybody when they ask me tax questions. I'm like, hire one. <laughs> it's the best decision you'll ever make. <laughs> um, And so that does go into our next question for anyone looking to hire a CPA. What tips do you have for them to find a good one and someone who's going to know like beauty services or, you know, what's going to count and not count on things. Yeah, for sure. I think this is really hard right now. Uh, During the pandemic, honestly, a lot of accountants retired. There's a statistic going around the industry right now that says 75% of current accountants are eligible for retirement in the next 10 years. So it's kind of an aged industry. Yeah. And not a lot of people are going into accounting that are in college right now. And so it's an interesting squeeze that's happening. But I think as a consumer, you're starting to find that because as you're looking for a CPA, you might find it difficult. And then once you do find a CPA, you might find that it takes them sometimes a long time to get back to you because they have so many clients that they're dealing with. So So that's my biggest tip when you want to find a CPA is to make sure that they truly have time for you and their schedule, because I think a lot of CPAs like feel bad because people are looking and they're like, I really need help. And they want to help everyone that comes their way when really they should probably say no, because their books are full and they can't take people on. Um, So that's kind of what I hear from people as they're wanting to switch accountants, they're just like, I haven't heard from my CPA in a month. Like I'm trying so hard to figure out when they're going to file my return and I can't even get a hold of them. So I think one, making sure that they actually have time to serve you in the way that you want to be served. If you just want a basic tax return, then make sure that that's what they're doing. If you want them to also do your bookkeeping then make sure that they also provide that service because I think that's another miscommunication that happens is beauty professionals don't realize that those are two different things like preparing the tax return, doing the bookkeeping, doing year-end tax planning, things like that. Like they think, oh, well, I hired you to do my tax return so I can just call you up anytime and ask you questions whenever I want and do tax planning, which 
And then they're like surprised when they get a bill. We don't operate this way, but most CPA firms operate on an hourly basis. And so like they do yeah. some research for you and you might get like an extra bill and you're like, oh, I wasn't you know, expecting that. <laughs> um, so just make sure that you're really clear with them about what services you're wanting and then what they can actually provide you. And if there are like any other things that they do offer and like what the extra charges would be so that you're clear and you can budget appropriately. It's never fun to get a surprise <laughs> by any yeah, of that. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> and I would also just say, look for someone who you kind of like jive with them. Cause if, yeah, if you're going to have an accountant, you probably want it to be a more like long-term relationship. So make sure that there's someone that you actually do feel comfortable asking questions to that they that they actually take the time to really answer you instead of just like you know sometimes like people just like give you an answer but it's like they're just yeah. trying to have you stop talking <laughs> and no yeah. one likes that feeling so make sure that um that your accountant's not doing that definitely i love that answer and i think that's the same way with clients too like you know, we get clients as beauty professionals that maybe we don't really jive with very well. And it's like, maybe this won't be the best working relationship. So I love that it's kind of the same way with, you know, deciding who's going to help you with your business, whether it's CPA or in other capacities as well. Like, because like you said, it is a more long-term relationship for sure. So next question, what can we as the business owner do to make the process easier on your end? I know you were talking about like, the profit and loss sheet. So I would assume that would be something that we can be doing to make it easier for you. But is there anything else or anything that you can, any tips for that? Yeah, for sure. I would say the biggest thing in terms of getting your taxes done is to make sure that you do have clean books that have been reconciled. I have found, I was genuinely surprised this last year when we brought on new clients, how many of our clients had worked with a CPA in the prior year. And then we went into their QuickBooks bookkeeping and their prior year books had not been reconciled. So their tax accountant was filing the taxes based off of numbers that hadn't been reconciled. Um, and that's, like we just won't even file the tax return until the reconciliation's been taken care of. And actually for, for our clients, we always do the bookkeeping for our clients, but sometimes, like I said, someone new comes in and there's this transitionary period. Um, and I've had it happen where we go in, we do those reconciliations to get them all caught up. And then we actually find out that their numbers last year were wrong because the reconciliation happened and then they got to go amend the prior year stuff. So oh, yeah, that's like, not a good situation. So I would say in terms of making the process easier, just go ahead and make sure that your books are clean. Um, I, I can't speak for other accountants, but our general process when we go through tax season is we send out something called an organizer. It's just basically a questionnaire name, address. Um, ours is electronic. So it's like, do you have any W-2s? And then you can just like upload them directly to that um, electronic organizer. Um, so just like fill out the questionnaire and attach all of your documents um, accurately. I will say sometimes people get really excited about filing super fast and they'll submit organizers like in early January. 
but a lot of um, 1099s aren't even required to be issued until the end of January. And so then it's really more like February when they get documents. So I would say, you know, just make sure you actually have all of your documents before you get started so that (laughs) you don't have to accidentally like file and then amend. Um, yeah, amendments are not fun. And then there's always questions like we, you know, we have all the documents and then we always have follow-up questions for our clients. So just make sure to respond to those, um, in a timely manner so that things can get through the process. Um, and then if you really don't have time to respond, just like respond and let them know and just say, Hey, I, you know, I've got a bunch of stuff going on this week. I'll respond to my next, you know, admin day is whatever, something like that. So that, um, they know when they can expect a response. Um, and good communication (laughs) for sure. And then I would say when you get started in the process, just make sure that you have a good understanding of, of what their timelines are so that, um, you're not like, Hey, it's been a week. How come this isn't done (laughs) or something like that? And they're like, Oh, our process is a three week process. That way you just kind of know what to expect. Totally. I think that's all some really good perspective just from the accountant's actual side of things. Um, so any last like tips or guidance that you'd like to share? I know you give tons of tips. I learned so much on your Instagram page every day. I'm like, Oh, this is good. (laughs) Um, but any last things you'd want to share just to help beauty professionals? Um, Because like I said, a lot of the listeners here, they're newer business owners, first-time business owners, and, you know, maybe they're just getting started with it or maybe need to get a little bit more organized. So any last like tips or guidance for them? Yeah, I would say just in terms of uh, bookkeeping, maybe some thresholds that I can share with you if you don't use QuickBooks, sometimes it's a little bit easier to use a spreadsheet at first. So if you are just barely getting started and maybe you have less than like 25 transactions a month, it would be totally fine to put those in a spreadsheet um, and use those. And then within that spreadsheet, you would just put the category of like, these are supplies, you know, this is rent or just like that. So that your accountant does know Um, that way. I know a lot of people who get started in their business and then they are like, well, I don't know that I'm really actually ready for QuickBooks. So I would say once you have about 25 transactions a month, you're ready to move into some kind of software. Um, And then I think it's a great idea at first to try to do it yourself a little bit, just so you can kind of get the feel for what it's like, what kinds of things are normal. And then once you feel like you know the normal cadence for your business, then that's a great time to outsource. And then probably my last tip would be get things organized now. (laughs) Uh, If you're waiting until February, you're going to have a really hard time even finding a CPA that's taking on clients come like February, March, because we just like get booked out this time of year for next year. Yeah. Oh, and one more thing, because this is really common. If you're a brand new business owner, sometimes you have expenses before you actually open. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call those startup costs. Just make sure you have all those startup costs tracked um, because those are expensed differently than um, just regular business expenses. So you'll just want to have those separated for your accountant to know what was startup versus just 
regular operating expenses once you open your doors. Gotcha. That's a good tip. <laughs> awesome. So where can they find you online? Because like I said, you do share a lot on like Instagram and such. Yeah. So you can find me. I'm at small business CPA on Instagram. I just started a TikTok as oh, well. So I'm also <laughs> at small business CPA on TikTok too. And I am starting a podcast in the new year called oh, the Perfectly Profitable Stylist. And so I you love can that. find me there as well. I'm so excited for you. Podcasting is so much fun. <laughs> awesome. So I'll put your links in the show notes um and that way everyone can go find you and follow you because you give such helpful advice and tips and tricks on there and such and um thank you so much for coming on and you know sharing your knowledge I love one thing that particularly drew me to wanting you particularly to come on was that you do specialize in beauty business owners which I think is amazing because it is you know more unique industry and just to have someone who understands so well I feel like is so beneficial um for beauty business owners so I love that and if you guys are taking on any new clients in the new year I'm sure we can have people send your way <laughs> yeah definitely we have a few more slots open so anyone's welcome to come chat 